Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Rachel, and Cliff. Hello and welcome to the January 14th edition of Generally Speaking. I'm Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And I'm the neighbor, Rachel Griffin. And today we have a very special studio guest host with us, uh, Darcy Pock, a friend of ours from church and uh, cell groups alike. And uh, so, Darcy, uh, we just want to say welcome. Thank you. Now, uh, just going to want to let you guys know, first of all, this episode is uh, regarding the 23rd Psalm, which is Season 2, Episode 10. And uh, we've come here to discuss that. It's our first actual episode that we're going to be discussing live or right after the episode has aired. And so we're really excited about that. It's the first one after the hiatus. So um, just want to let you know, uh, Darcy has never seen a single episode of Lost. And yet we still invited him. (laughs) So we're, we're eager to see his input, if he has any. And uh, maybe he'll have some questions for us, and and we'll go right along. So, Rachel, why don't you go ahead and tell us what we're going to be talking about this evening? Uh, We're going to discuss the question, who is Mr. Echo? We're going to talk about the security system. We'll touch a little bit on Michael and the computer, which I'm anxious to know specific details about. Um, And Stephanie and Cliff are going to give you more reasons why they don't like Charlie. And we'll open up our inbox and share with you some of our email and audio comments. And then... uh, at the end, we'll do a quick little podcast update. Uh, but first, I must tell you guys, I have a very important rant that I'd like to share with you guys. Um, we all live here in northern Kentucky, which is just really 10 minutes south of Cincinnati, Ohio. So when it comes to the broadcasting market, we're actually in the Cincinnati, Ohio broadcast area. And our ABC affiliate uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio is WCPO. <laughs> Channel 9, and I am not very happy with them. Um, what, Of course, in our last episode, I told you how excited I was about um, Lost airing the Revelations episode. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I had talked to a lot of people and told them about our podcast, and they're like, well, I really don't get into Lost, you know? So <clears throat> I told them a lot about the show, spent a lot of time telling them everything that's going on in this show. And... A lot of people had told me that, hey, I'm going to go ahead and watch this. I think it'll be awesome. And and uh, I told him, I said, you got to catch this one at 8 o'clock. And if you do that, you'll see everything you need to know from Season 1 and Season 2 so far to at least have an idea of what's going on on the island. And so I had a lot of people tell me they were going to do that. And then, Stephanie, you want to tell us what happened at 8 o'clock last night? Well, we set our recorder, our, our DVR, and... Um it was not showing Lost Revelations all week. And Cliff's like, well, that's okay. They're going to have it on. It was like this Miracles 2 or something. And um, a local that was a good show, by the way. Oh, get out of here. We, he was just too <laughs> mad to even I watch I so it. will sell my house and get a new neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting up there. It's recording. And uh, come in and it's this Miracles show on. Like, okay, that's not right. Mm-hmm. So I um, rewound. They put this little capture on the screen that says, um, Lost Revelations will be aired at one thirty-five a.m. Um, to show you this special presentation brought to you by WCPO-TV. See, I totally missed that. 
Yeah. Like the whole first part. And they I put was, this whole disclaimer on there, and I, I thought I'm like maybe it'll be on after. Yeah. No. Yeah. At one thirty-five in the morning. Hello. Right after the twenty-third. So, so my sister comes into the office today. And she says, "Well, Cliff, you know, I I did what you said. I watched Lost, and I'm completely I'm I'm lost. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's like, well, I know you're supposed to watch the eight o'clock episode, but our local ABC affiliate decided not to air it so that they could do their own little local miracle show, which I'm sure was great and all, but it just wasn't the number one television drama in the world. You know about miracles, okay? So anyway, I, to to say I was upset is is." A little understatement. So, I put out a little blog entry where I currently are. <laughs> I'm getting. CPO stinks. It's crazy. Yeah, and and so if you look at my um, entry in the blog at Ravenscraft.org for January 11th, it's titled "Stupid Move WCPO!" Exclamation point. I wrote a little bit about it, and I left a place where all of our listeners could go and leave a comment to their programming department. So anyway, here's what Gracie's mom wrote in to us. Now, Darcy, you don't know this yet, but uh, <clears throat> we have this thing where we're trying to become famous you know, worldwide. Yes. I mean, of course, we have over a thousand listeners. To oh, well, I'm I sorry. think we are. Yeah, we, we are. are. You're That's famous it. just from knowing us. I know. Yeah, people are going to stop be you. Privileged. You're privileged to be in the same room with us, really. Tristan, we still love you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're only going to talk about this for a moment. Yeah, and then we'll move right along and get back on topic. And I might even sing that moving right along song. <laughs> That he's been working on for a week. Move it's right seriously driving me crazy. <laughs> oh, please don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, so anyway, I, I in my blog comment, I told people to, you know, that I had obviously <coughs> left some feedback on the online contact form to the programming department. And people from Canada leaving WCPO a comment. I'm never watching your program again. <laughs> well, well, Even if I come to Cincinnati, I'm never watching it. That's right. Well, the thing is, is, is that somebody wrote back and says, you know, I said, hey, leave them a comment and tell them. And somebody says, listen, at least, you know, even though I don't, even though I'm not affected by this, um, I left them a comment. And I said, well, you need to write them back and tell them you are affected by this. Cliff is doing a, a worldwide podcast devoted to Lost. And he promised us that he would give the feedback on Lost Revelations and whether or not it was a good episode to introduce our non-lost related friends into the show so that they could pick up. Yeah, more viewers. Exactly, more viewers for ABC. And so uh obviously Cliff did not get to do that and so Cliff is not able to come here and give you some definitive uh feedback on what I feel about this. So it is affecting you that I'm not able to tell you. Um it did record at 1:30 in the morning, but I was not available to watch that. I had to get the things set up in the studio here. I just did not have time to watch it. You're so sleeping at 1.30. No, that's what I'm saying. I I figured, you know, if I go to bed, you know, Cliff can just, you know, WCPO is like, oh, they'll just watch it tomorrow, you know, after they get home. It's like, no, we have a broadcast schedule here. We We have to be... broadcasting here. So, yes, you all are affected by the fact that WCPO dropped the ball on this. This is what Gracie's mom said as a result of my post. She goes, I have to giggle thinking about your local ABC station getting irate emails from all your listeners and blog readers. By the way, we have about 3,000 blog readers, and we have over 1,000 listeners. So that would be about 4,000 irate emails to WCPO if this thing really could get pulled off. So anyways, she goes, you might get your wish of being famous after all. I can see it now. 
And this is the headline. Local man rallies up Lost fans and bombards our inbox with complaints. <laughs> you may not be hitting the national news yet, but you might get on to your local station and get a local mention. you got to start somewhere. We'll put, you know you know what the response will be. What's that? Absolutely What's nothing. a podcast? <laughs> no, I, that is not true. I actually just subscribed to the uh, WCPO podcast of their news uh, new news oh, show. Really? They they know what a podcast is, and they know exactly how important podcast. That's surprising. Are. Yeah, so for, for a Cincinnati market. Yeah, well they they are podcasting their noon noon news show. So so our next topic that we're going to talk about is Mr. Echo, and and the way that I want to ask this is who is Mr. Echo? In the episode where we watched last night, you kind of thought, well, we understand that Echo's um, Mr. Echo is a man of faith, and that he's a either a priest or a preacher or a missionary or something. And then all of a sudden he gets all mean and starts throwing people up against trees. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, maybe he's not. And then you see this flashback and all of a sudden he's this hardcore, vicious man. And it's like, whoa. It's like, are we wrong? Is he just pretending? And finally we find out at the end that he is a man of faith and and confirms a lot. But before we go into this, I do want to play uh, a couple audio clips that I took from the show. And uh, let's see here. The first one is... This we we go and we're actually going to catch uh, Mr. Echo carving in a stick and Claire sitting down next to him and they're going to have a little talk. What are you writing? Things I need to remember. So Claire asks, "So what are you writing?" And Mr. Echo says, "Well, uh, things I need to remember." Mm-hmm. And so, did you guys catch on the screen captures what is written on there? There's scripture references. Exactly. So that led, led me to think, okay, so what's going on with this stick? What? Why is he carving scriptures into this stick? So he can remember them? So he doesn't go back to being his kid, so. Darcy, why didn't we look up the scriptures and, and what they are? To see what's written on the stick, you can go to the Lost Podcast 1230-2005 show notes. And once you get to the those show notes, you scroll down, and, and it's the second screenshot that I actually have there. And it has a very close-up picture of uh, the the Jesus stick, which we will come to know it as. And obviously we can see that it says the 23rd Psalm. Colossians, <coughs> Revelations, Titus. And you know then, what? I was thinking that this they were going to show us what the stick was from. Like, maybe there was some deep meaning to the stick and that's why he carries it. Because he doesn't need it. Does he? No. Well, he, he took the stick to beat people in the head with and kill them if they try to come and drag people off. After they took the kids. All right, you're right. That's right. Okay. That's why it's got blood on it. Okay. There you go. But Charlie's too judgmental. I ask questions. The only, assumes. So the, the question is, so you asked, why didn't we go and look this up? But uh, the reason why is because, it, I mean, other than the 23rd Psalm, which he recites in the episode, mm-hmm. the only other verse that we can really tell for sure that's there is Revelations chapter 3 something. And I can only assume that eventually, if we ever find out what that is, it's Revelations 3.20 that says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Why are you looking at me like I that? Just, that's great. That's just, I think that's great. <laughs> so, uh, Revelations 3.20 is the only one I can think of because it's the only Revelations chapter 3 memory verse. So anyway, uh, Claire asks... So what are you writing on your stick? And he says things I need to remember. So that got me. That's got me thinking. Okay, 
is Mr. Echo thinking that he's going to, he knows that things are going to occur on this island that he's going to need to remember? No. No. Maybe they're just things that. I think that, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe because being out here and being away from his faith and his religion back at home is kind of making him want to be the barbarian that he once was. And I think that writing on a stick and carrying around with him is making him remember, you know, his faith. So We all have, we all have things. We as Christians have, have scriptures that we want to remember and things that we want to live by that you're, you're, you know, got your Bible open and you're like, oh, that's great. That so speaks to my life. And as soon as the book is closed, it's out of your mind. But he's got his Jesus stick that so he can remember his scriptures while he beats people with the other end. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so that, that that's pretty much all I have there. Now, um, we're going to play a, the, a second epo... <laughs> but the second sound clip is where I really have some things to say. And, and here's what I want to play for you guys. I have no notes. Is that on purpose? No. <laughs> Would you share some notes with the woman? It's because I had to give... Do- <laughs> oh. <laughs> welcome to our home, Darcy. Do you feel welcome here? Rachel's got her stick out right now. <laughs> She's going to crack you upside the head with her Jesus stick. Here's the second clip, and this is the one I, I really uh, am excited about when I heard this originally on the show. And this is Aaron. Aaron. The brother of Moses. Aaron was a great man. Moses had great difficulty speaking. So it was Aaron who spoke for him. Okay, so basically it came up that Claire had named her baby Aaron. And of course, that really took, you know, Mr. Echo, being a priest, uh, took notice that his name was Aaron and immediately said, you know, of course, that's that was Moses' brother's name. Now, what's interesting is, I, I, and I think I took this part out, uh, out of that clip, and uh, obviously Claire knows a little bit about the Old Testament and at least knows the story of Moses and Aaron because she had made that comment that, uh, you know, it must have been difficult to be, you know, uh, Moses' brother, you know. Why can't you be like your brother Moses? And so one of the things that that revealed is that Claire does have a little bit of a religious background, at least enough to where she knew what Mr. Echo was talking about, Mm -hmm. unlike Locke, who had no idea who King Josiah was, which is not a big deal because I know a whole lot of Christians that never heard of King Josiah, so that's not a big deal. Here's some things, though. Uh, and it's not really so much that what Mr. Echo said and what was in the conversation with Claire, but here's what I found. Um, what Echo says to Claire is, you know, Moses was a great man, and he ha- he spoke for Moses because Moses had a hard time speaking. And I just wanted to point out for our listeners out there that if you want to read what it, you know a little context of what he's talking about, you really need to go and listen, or you really need to go and read what's written in The Calling of Moses. Now, The Calling of Moses, in the burning bush that you've heard about, possibly, uh, is found in uh, Exodus chapter 3, all the way through chapter 4, verse 17. Now, that sounds like a lot, but uh, uh, Exodus chapter 3 is very short, and it's only 17 verses, which are all very short, in uh, chapter 4. Well, anyway, if you read that, a couple things you might think. Okay, 
Moses was this great and eloquent man, and God chose him because he was faithful. Well, if you believe that, think again. This guy was a coward, and he questioned God and had little faith at all. And if you don't believe me, go back and read the Genesis or the Exodus account in chapter three, all the way through verses, or chapter four, verse seventeen. And when you read that, what you'll see is Moses or God saying to Moses, "I want you to speak to my people." And people, I want you to speak to my pickles, please. <laughs> so anyway, uh, God calls Moses and says, "I want you to speak this to my people." And Moses goes like. What if they don't listen? He said, listen, I'm going to tell them to listen, and I'm going to give you the words to say. But I'm not an eloquent speaker. Send somebody else to do it. And he's like, dude, I'm sending you. And Moses is like, I'm not going to do it. And they go back and forth, back and forth. And God's like, I can I can give you this. I will make sure. They'll, I'll give you the staff. You can turn it into a, steak, uh, a snake. You can eat <laughs> <laughs> with your pickle. <laughs> It, this so reminds me of parenting because I will ask one of my children to do something and they will sit there and complain until I send the other one to do it instead. <laughs> That's so what happened here. So so, so God gave uh, Moses the ability to turn his, in, his end into a big, huge, wrinkled... You know, maybe ooh. that's what Echo's staff is for. Maybe he's waiting for it to turn into something. That could be. Could be. Oh. I like that. So maybe the maybe the staff is going to perform some kind of miraculous thing. Yeah. Have you seen the picture of the staff? Yeah. I don't think it's going to do any miracles. Well, that's what Moses and that's what Moses said to God. It's like, what this staff I have in my hand? It's Are like, you kidding me? And Moses yeah. is like, Are, have you seen this staff? I mean, it's got. I mean, it's horrible. And God says, I can do whatever I say, you know. And and so finally, Moses is like, I'm just, I just can't do it. And God says, God basically, his wrath burns against Moses, and he says, Fine, okay, your brother Aaron's on his way to come see you, and he's great with the words. Uh, you, I'm going to give you the words to say. You tell him to say them. So that's this whole reference with, with that. Something that was not said, but I believe maybe the writers implied with bringing up this conversation was a little bit more about Aaron. Now, one of the things that I happen to know is that in... um, Can I interrupt you for a moment? Yes, you can. Because we are digging into the whole um, meaning of Claire's baby being named Aaron. Mm -hmm. And um, in the same um, conversation of the clip that Cliff just played... He asks her, so why did you name him Aaron? And she says, well, because I just liked it. I just liked the name. And um, so here, I think the writers and and the viewers are putting meaning into it, and rightfully so. But Claire is, I just liked the name. Yeah, she just liked the name. But but I actually did get a chance to look at the fuselage and watch a little bit about it. Uh, of the conversation that's going on, because I actually posted this theory that I'm talking about here. It's in the fuselage uh, called the high priest theory. And so, uh, anyway, somebody did say, you know, well, mentioned that, well, Claire just didn't have an answer for Mr. Echo, and she just liked the name. But somebody said, well, perhaps that that name kind of just came to her. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like, you know. Because she... he didn't have a name for quite a while. <clears throat> exactly. He didn't. So, um, 
Here, here's here's something interesting about Aaron that was not mentioned on the show, but again, I think it's implied that once we mention Aaron and who he is, that that we as viewers of the show are supposed to go and investigate deeper who these people are that are referenced on the show. And one of the things that I'll help you guys out there who are listening to this now, if you go to Leviticus chapter 8, you can read a little bit about uh, God's calling Moses to anoint Aaron as high priest. In fact, the actual verse is uh, Leviticus chapter 8, verse 12. And uh, it's in that verse that Moses does anoint Aaron as the high priest per the Lord's instructions. Yes. I raise my hand like that. <laughs> um, for people out there that don't have Bibles, is there a place online where they can go to, to get this? Is it like BibleVerses.com or could they go somewhere and find these? Actually, there's BibleGateway.com and I will uh, put links to these verses on the show notes okay. when they're up uh, on Saturday. And so they'll actually be able to just click it and they'll take them to an online version where these scripture references are right up on the screen for them. Thank you. So anyway, what is the significance of the high priest, you might ask? Okay? And especially as Aaron is the high priest. The high priest had a special duty that no other priest had. He alone was the only one allowed to enter the most holy place or the presence of God in the tabernacle on a on the yearly day of atonement to atone for the sins of the nation. Therefore, he was in charge of all the other priests, and as Christians, we believe that the Old Testament high priest was a picture of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest. Now, that's not just my own little thinking there, but I get that from Hebrews uh, chapter 7, verses 26 through 28, and this is what it says. Unlike the other high priests, and this is speaking about Jesus, by the way, unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day for his own sins and then for this and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all, and he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who are weak, but but the oath which came after the law, appointed the Son, who had been made perfect forever. So what is the connection here? My question, and and I really haven't formulated this into any theory, but my question is, is Aaron, this child, supposed to be some kind of connection where, you know, this island is this thing where they're trying to save the world, and they're going through some kind of trial and tribulation, and that Aaron being pure as a child, will be the only one who is qualified to sacrifice or atone for the sins of the people on the island or the nation or the world to save it from utter destruction. We're all just kind of taking it in like, wow. I mean, yeah, I definitely think that's a possibility. I like that theory. Because there's a lot of other theories online about all the other things that have been said. You know, are these people... In purgatory, which I, I th- we'll get to somebody that said, said something great that that's probably not the case. Uh, in fact, I think even the writers of the show said it's not purgatory. But there are a lot of people, uh, Desmond, when they when asked, why do you push the button? I'm saving the world, is what he said. <coughs> so, you know, there's this the, there's a bunch of theories where this whole thing about what's going on in the island is to save the world from utter destruction. This is the... This is, Humanity's last hope. Don't these people. Lost. Are you I'm lost. 
No, actually, you know, it's 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 kind of interesting because as you're talking about this, I'm I'm reading about the show online, and I'm on ABC's website about Lost, and I'm reading the show description here, and it actually says that they're on the island for forty plus days, and forty, as you know, is an important number mm-hmm. in the Bible. Yep. And I'm just wondering if that has that that plays into your your connection there. I don't know. Well, they're actually now they've been on the island for like 40, well, let's see. They had an episode 48 days At a couple days ago. It was 48 a couple days ago. We've <laughs> <laughs> just been 6 weeks back before the hiatus. What? It was 48. Right. It was at Thanksgiving. Yeah, so we're just a little pro- we're just a little over fifty days now. But it's funny that you bring up the forty days because Mr. Echo, when he first came to the island, they the others, which we don't know who they are, Darcy, uh, came to the came to the island's shore and took away and abducted a couple people, and Mr. Echo actually killed two of them. Two of them. And obviously, being uh, for the atonement of his sin, I guess. You know, being that he comes from a Catholic background, they they pretty much have you know they they either say you know ten Hail Marys or you know the glory bees and our fathers, which I have no problem with. I I went to Catholic school for seven years as a, as a uh, student, so anyway, I I know I know the uh, the the routine there, and and so some of the things they do is it's called penance, and so as penance, uh, Mr. Echo went without speaking for forty days. You know, and Moses, of course, with his staff in hand, led the people to the promised land. Or, well, he didn't actually. He led them through the desert. <laughs> okay, because he was not, as punishment for his issues with God, he did not actually, you know, get to go into the promised land. So anyway, so so Echo has this, um, Echo has this parallel Storyline, I think, written into the show of him being like Moses. And Aaron, I just wonder if Aaron, the baby, is going to have a parallel with the with Moses' brother. And so, again, I haven't worked up a full theory on that, but I just want to throw that out there. And it's called Aaron as the High Priest Theory. And one of the things that I believe is that this, per- this story has done the best job at portraying the Christian story of salvation and redemption. Forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? Because basically you have Echo, who, uh, as a young man, we saw, uh, looking after his brother, you know, and, and the, the warlords came up and they grabbed the kids, and Darcy, you weren't there to see that, you didn't see this, but uh, they grabbed this old man and they, the warlords were looking to recruit another warlord with them, and they went in to get a kid who they could easily train and brainwash into becoming this evil person with them. And they gave one of the kids a gun, which was Echo's brother, younger brother, and uh, Yemen was his name. And Yemen was given this gun, and there was this priest kneeling down on the ground, and he and he the warlord said, "Yemen, you have Yemi. to Yemi. Yemi, Yemi, you have to shoot." this priest and the kids like shake it was more stuff. like shoot him yeah it was it wasn't nice oh i'll tell you it was it was dramatic i hated that scene it was dramatic i mean it, it it made its point clear and 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 i and i know that things like that actually do happen and it's like man it, that was just too real for me uh but then in a moment of sacrifice echo 
takes the gun from his brother, pushes his brother to the side, and without any hesitation shoots the priest. And he does it to save his brother. Okay? The old man, not the priest. That's right. You said he shot the priest. The priest was the old man. The priest was standing on the steps wearing black collar. The old man was on the ground wearing brown rags. Oh, so that wasn't... So he shoots the old man. Okay. I stand corrected. I'm details. <coughs> Your words, I'm details. Okay, thank you, detail yeah, person. Yeah, he was wearing some kind of like a burlap yeah. shirt. He was. Thing, yeah. yeah. That's and, right. So anyway, um, Echo basically is, they say, well, this is the kid we want. This guy has no soul, which he was pretty upset about. And um, <clears throat> basically they, they took Echo away and we don't see him again until he's older and obviously a warlord and, and very harsh and mean hard-nosed character to play in the rest of the flashback that we see. Okay, so first of all, so we basically have uh, the young Echo saving his brother, Yemi, uh, from these thugs. And like Moses, Mr. Echo kills someone to save his own people. Okay, and that's actually in, uh, let's see here, we've got one day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, glancing this way and that, seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and, ha- and hid him in the sand. So, um, so like Moses, Echo did kill somebody. Um, I just had like a light go off in my head because um, at lunch today, Cliff and I were talking about more comparisons between Moses and Echo, and they were both raised by the enemy. Sorry. Oh, son of a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! We're gonna put that explicit tag on our iTunes. Son of a monkey! What was that? I'm, I'm just glad that was my monkey. I am so glad. I am so glad that was Darcy making a monkey sound because I really thought Rachel just let out a toot over there. Do that again, just so they know it wasn't Rachel. <laughs> wasn't me. She's like, do it! She's like, do it! Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 We won't invite... We won't invite Rachel over for chili before we record it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't put that in there. Okay, I'll put I'll, it's funny. I'll put it in the outtakes. <laughs> My day, I think that's really funny. All right, so anyway, we know Echo becomes a pretty bad guy, and we're left to think, okay, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Is he really a priest or is he just posing as a priest? We we have no idea what's going on at this point in the episode, and and he's getting pretty hot and heavy with uh, hot and heavy. That's a pretty bad term. <laughs> Explicit. <laughs> okay, he's getting a little angry with uh, Charlie. So anyway, we're going to walk through for Darcy here just a couple scenes. Uh, Charlie is this ex-drug addict. And uh, he's we've led to think that he has kicked the habit, but yet has found some drugs in a Virgin Mary statue that was used by smugglers. And so uh, Mr. Echo finds out that Charlie has one of these Virgin Mary statues, which leads him to think that that his brother might still be alive and on this island somewhere, and perhaps he, perhaps maybe his brother has become one of the others. And as soon 
as uh, Mr. Echo learns of this Virgin Mary statue, he goes looking for Charlie. He finds Charlie. And Charlie, he's like, hey, dude, where did you find this? Where did you find this statue? And he said, dude, I'm not telling you anything. He says, you're going to take me to this, where you found this statue. And he says, okay, okay, I'll, I'll take you first thing in the morning. And he says, like, no, you're you're taking me now, buddy. And, well, he does it a little bit more meaner than that. <laughs> and so Charlie's like, okay. Well, out. that's because he had already lied to him one time. Yes, yes. So Charlie's a liar. Oh, don't go there yet. Sorry, I skipped ahead. You don't skip ahead. Have we got to the... Yeah, we're, we're not at the Charlie part yet. We're close. We're getting close. <laughs> Stephanie's very excited. So anyway... <clears throat> so Charlie says, okay, I'll take you where I found this thing. And so he takes uh, Echo to this place and says, this is where I found it. And then Mr. Echo says, N- this is where you found it. And he says, yes, this is where I found it. Liar. And he says, you're lying to me. This is not where you found it. And Charlie says, listen, you know, if you don't believe me, just find your own way back. And he goes to walk off. And Echo grabs him, throws him up against the tree. And and we go hit a hard break, hard commercial break. And Stephanie goes, I so want to see Mr. Echo bash his head in. <laughs> That's not exactly what I said. Actually, let me look at the quote because I actually wrote this down. I, I, I can tell you what I said. I said, I so want to see Mr. Echo beat the crap out of Charlie. Yes. We're Charlie. So Stephanie... He's already lied three times by this... He lied three times in the first 15 minutes of the show. A lot of people lie. In 15 minutes? Well, they just... Oh, poor Charlie. <laughs> and I don't know I'm, why I have such a soft spot for him. Because you're weak. Oh! <laughs> oh, my! <laughs> okay, get the jello out. <laughs> already got it. <laughs> What if my wife hears this? <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Here we go. Not There's gonna... a whole lot more to this show than than uh, people yeah. falling out of the back of an airplane. No, we make all, we, the rest of this we all make up. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to watch this show. I think you yeah. are. We have... Um, can I come back if I watch it? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I, think, okay. I think now that you've heard us talk about some things, you'll be able to put that with the show. You'll be able to piece some of it together. And we do have Lost <laughs> Revelations recorded we, upstairs because it came on at one thirty-five a.m. And we have souvenirs and t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Please pass through our gift shop on your, your way out. Cliff's gift shop. <laughs> I said, I really just want to see Epo be... Echo beat. <laughs> I still want to see Echo beat the crap out of Charlie. Okay, so that's and I'd like, I'm like writing this down word for word so that I could make sure that we bring this up. And so Stephanie's like hearing this next clip when we come back. We come back from the break. We come back from the break and we hear this and Stephanie's like, "Oh yeah, now we're talking." Climb it. What if I don't? You gonna beat me with your Jesus stick? I find it a little odd that your scripture stick has dried blood on it. <laughs> what are you going to do? Beat me with your Jesus stick? And Stephanie's like, yeah, baby! It's oh like my the, God! It's like the old episodes of Beavis and Butthead. Rock on! I can't do Beavis and Butthead. How's it? Darcy, do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to see it. Do it, do it. So Stephanie's like really excited. Beating with the Jesus stick. Beating with the Jesus stick. 
Uh, so I didn't rant. Like that. <laughs> she didn't. I'm making that part. Beat him. Out. Beat him. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna move right along to the second topic, which is the security system. Do you want to read Matt's email? Yeah. Go- uh, yes, go ahead. <clears throat> Matt, I think it's Cagrave from the UK, says, I believe that the monster is our nanomachines, which I know has been mentioned by others, but I believe that these nanomachines were discovered on the island by the Dharma Initiative. <clears throat> they may have discovered that the nanomachines pose as a threat, for example, the monster. So they set up different hatches in which a code is entered to release a, an electric electromagnetic pulse to destroy some of the nanomachines. But because other nanomachines are still swarming around, they may be able to produce as... May, they may be able to reproduce this at a fast pace. This may be why the button has to be pushed continuously. We know that as soon as the button is pressed, it takes 108 minutes of waiting until the button can be pressed again. This may be because electric magnetic pulse has to charge. If you remember, in Exodus, Exodus. Exodus Part 2, a stick of dynamite was thrown into a hole where the monster was. Then what, what appeared to be a black smoke arose from the the hole like a swarm of bees and quickly disappeared. The dynamite destroyed a lot of the nano machines, and the last remaining machines retreated so that they could be reproduced. So that's from Matt from the UK. And then um, Brendan actually wrote in. Uh, this is something that Brendan wrote. He says, uh, first of all, um, he says, I'm glad you spent your Christmas money on audio gear. <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> And congratulations on getting to your first 1,000 downloads so quickly. He says, someone already called the transmission about this, but after last night's episode, it's hard to see how the monster can be unrelated to Michael Crichton's swarm of nanoparticles in the story Prey. Um, Just look at the cover of the book on Amazon to see what I mean. Well, well, I want. I do. I want to. Since we're talking about nanobots, I want to read David Gladstone. Uh, he or Gladson, he wrote an email and he says, "I'm still standing behind the theory that the monster is a cloud of nanobots. I've been able to take a look at the pictures that shows Echo, and I think that this backs up the theory. In Michael Crichton's Prey, the nanobots are, have artificial intelligence and are able to replicate human actions." Also, nanobots and prey are a combination of organic material and metal. This would explain the metallic slash animal sounds that the monster makes. So, obviously, they are the nanobots. The producers of the show said that once you see up close these, the, the security system, you will have no doubt of what the monster is. And, of course, that is obviously what we saw was meant to look exactly like the cover of this book, Pray by Michael Crichton. And if you wouldn't mind, Darcy, right-click and save that and email that to me. Absolutely. And I'll put that up in the show notes. So, yes, it's... De- okay, so so I think we can say 100% certain that they definitely are nanobots. Yes. Okay. Now, I remember telling you guys that when, I, when we watched it, it looked like it was just little flashes of light. Right. And it looked like it was just communicating with each... <clears throat> the nanobots were communicating with each other, and that's all I thought. <laughs> That's until I got to work today, and uh, before I got started, I decided to uh, look at the downloaded copy from the internet and do some screen captures. What you got, Darcy? Oh, I, I, I'm I'm sitting here reading the description of this book, and it says, um, "Within hours of his arrival at the remote testing center, Jack discovers his wife's firm has created self-replicating nanotechnology." So there is a parallel there. 
And we have a character named Jack as well. Really? In the show. Mm-hmm. Really? And this island is a remote facility, testing facility. Jack in the books is stay-at-home dad. Nice. Sweet. Because hmm. Hmm. I'm, okay. I'm reading the book. <laughs> so anyway, uh, if you go to the show notes when you are listening to this, you'll see some screen captures that I did of the different flashes. And there are, like, a lot of pictures that show. Okay. So we're looking at the pictures, the screen captures that I've got up on the blog. They're really dark. Mm-hmm. They are very dark. And, uh, of course, they were dark, actually, on the screen as well. Right. So um, what happened was you can actually see um, Echo through the cloud viewing this from the other side. And the first flash shows a picture of, I think, his brother's church. Would you guys agree with mm-hmm. that? That's what that is in that first picture? <clears throat> the third picture is not a priest, obviously. It, it's just some guy, <laughs> an old guy. Old man, it's the old man in the village. That's right. That was shot. So, we, mm-hmm. so Echo sees that in the security system monster thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, the next one shows um, uh, Echo holding his younger brother when the guys come and are trying to recruit the, mm-hmm. the little boys. Is that a handgun? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what okay. he shoots the old man with. And then... There's a picture of a guy oh, upside down. Oh, that's handing it to the brother, mm-hmm. right? There's a picture of a guy upside down. Then we have the henchman in the next one. Then we have then another woman. woman. Now, tr- please tell me that's you don't think this that is one's a, a, woman. Okay, that one's a, a headpiece on. With a headpiece on, and I think the other lady was had a headpiece. Okay. And then, of course, we have Echo holding his brother after he was shot. And then the very last flash, you see uh, a crucifix, which is Jesus hanging on the cross. This has me thinking, you know, what is this? Uh, my there are there were theories out there, and, and I'm actually one of them that likes this theory. I don't know how much credence I can really give to it and support, but one of my theories that I agree with out there that I've heard is that the people on the island are not necessarily having flashbacks to things that actually happened in their lives, but yet these people have been cryogenically frozen, and they've been unfrozen led to believe that they were in a plane crash and that all these memories that they have as flashbacks, that they are planted memories. Now, I know, Stephanie, you don't agree with me, and I'm okay with that because I don't even know that I buy it. But it's a theory that I like. And the reason why I like it even more now is because my question is, what is this security system doing? Is it reading Echo's mind, which all of these images are flashbacks to what we've seen in his, or are images from his recent flashbacks that we just saw. Right. All the way, well, actually not just recent, it's all the way back from his, when he was a young boy and he saved his brother from having to be taken by the warlords. So is this actually reading his mind and capturing images that are burned into his brain? That's one theory. The second theory that I have is this thing feeding him memories. Which I don't really like that because he's already we've already seen the flashbacks before he comes here. So my question: <clears throat> Did the memories that he he had does the memories that he have were they implanted in his mind? And the security system has come and reinforced those memories in his mind to burn them in a little bit deeper. Obviously, we're just going to move right along to the next topic here, and the next topic is Michael on the computer. Which I was really hoping we'd get more than what we got with that. I know. And uh, 
Gracie wrote in, Gracie's mom wrote in and says that she just basically had a hard time believing that Michael didn't mention a single word to Jack about the fact that he is conversing with somebody who he believes to be Walt. I know. What's the deal with that? What That's you... the Ten Commandments. Yeah. When you find something out, you're not supposed to tell anybody. Yeah, we're talking about know, the would... two episodes ago, the Ten Commandments of Lost, and, yes. you know. And, but that does, it never says, or, you know, Walt never says, don't tell anybody. All he ever says is, are you alone? But that's, I don't think that that was Walt in the first place. Yeah, I, I am very skeptical. Skept, I'm very skeptical. Skeptical. I'm very skeptical. I'm very tired. I'm very skeptical <laughs> that it's Walt myself. And so uh, I, I agree with you. I, I didn't think that it was Walt when we saw it the last time. And it's kind of awkward how whoever it is on the other end, I believe they can see what's going on inside the bunker. And the reason I believe that is because they're having this conversation. In fact, it says, Dad, and Michael types in, are you okay? <clears throat> he replies, yes. Are you alone? Michael types in yes, and he says, and then he, he types in can't talk long. They're coming back soon, and Michael types in, where are you? And we see, I mean, he types in a whole sentence. You need to come, and that's all we see. Mm-hmm. But he can, but he he has enough time to type the entire sentence. You need to come get me, come to this place, or come where this is, or something has given him some instructions. Yeah, and they're gonna capture him. <coughs> it's because we're gonna. Next week, he's going to run off like a crazy man-man. Yeah, man and with they're going to capture him. They are, uh, it's very possible. But, <clears throat> but I, at this point, I don't think Michael cares. He just wants to be reunited with Walt. Yeah. Right? He thinks that that's I think he's willing happen. to be caught by the others mm-hmm. just to be taken, possibly be taken where his son is. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I think there's some hidden camera that is viewing this because you, we see Michael type in that, or we see the Walt wannabe, is what we'll <laughs> call him, uh, type in, and then all of a sudden Jack comes in. And, like, Michael's like, oh, my gosh, he's going to find out. And he, Michael has no way that he is aware of to erase what's on that screen. And he can't just go up and turn the computer off because that would just, like, screw up everything. And so the thing is, is Jack comes up, talks to him. Michael's all nervous, doesn't say anything, which is, real, like I said, it's stupid because, first of all, Michael has no idea that the orientation film has said, do not touch or do not use this computer to, well, okay, I take that back. Yeah. This this is obviously this this is obviously not a continuation right after this last time. Michael has had some communication that where we left off and this is a couple days later or even a day later anyway. And so they probably did say, "Hey Michael, we just watched this film. We got the missing clip. It says don't use this computer to talk to anybody outside of this." Or maybe <clears throat> maybe Walt has has told him not to tell anyone for their own safety or yeah. Well, it's not Walt, though. Well, whoever it is. Okay, so whoever it is. But here's the thing. So well, Whoever it is, Michael thinks it's Walt. Right. And then Jack walks around behind Michael, and Michael's like, oh my gosh, he's going to see the screen. And then all of a sudden, Jack does look at the screen, and of course, it's blank again. How did how did whoever it was know to blank... How did they know to blank the screen unless they saw that Jack was about ready to see the screen? Mm-hmm. So that's my theory on that. And beyond that, we have nothing else to go on <laughs> on that. I, I'm, I'm glad that they did bring that back in, I've, I, but I, I really wanted more from the computer. He's so lying. Okay, well, here's, here's the newest reason why we don't like Charlie, and it's because he's a liar. He's a liar. In fact, we have a little clip, and I added a little 
emphasis to the end of this clip, and I think you guys will appreciate it, okay? Because this was in your little statue, and unless I'm mistaken, I seem to remember you saying you were a drug addict. I didn't know. Liar. Look, if it's sealed up inside a statue, how would I know? Liar. I'm right here. My brother, Chief. You found it here? Yeah. Liar. I'm here. You're lying. Why did you lie to the girl? What? You told her you did not know what was inside the statue. I wasn't lying. Liar. I wasn't lying. Liar. I wasn't lying. Liar. <laughs> I, just think, I just think he just isn't a very good liar. I think people are probably telling lies a lot more on the island than we think. You know, oh, I'm sure they are. Charlie reminds me. Charlie reminds me of this political figure I once heard. (laughs) Listen to this. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Liar. Liar. (laughs) Liar. (laughs) I will oh. chime in on that one. Hold on, guys. Hold on. I think we're getting a phone call. This is our. Oh, this is a first. This is our first live phone call coming in. It, and it, it, who, we we have a we have a Skype call coming in live, and it's uh, C C C C Linton. C C Linton's calling in. Hello. Hello. Who's Hello. The, who is this? This is Cliff. Yeah. Cliff. This is Bill. Bill, hey Bill, how are you, man? Uh, I heard you playing my clip there. Uh, yeah, what do you think about Charlie? He's a liar, isn't he? Uh, you well, know him? That, that really depends. Uh, what is uh, is uh, on what your definition of liar is? Hey, hey, Bill. Uh, I'm sorry, we're we're taping a show right now. Uh, can we call you back look, later? Look, uh, I'll get back with you later. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot, Bill. Right, Thank. We'll talk to you later. Wow, our first Liar. live call. We'll never hear from him again. Liar. <laughs> All right, cool. That's crazy. So Bill called in. Liar. Liar. I like that. Liar. Where are we on these notes? That was good. Uh, dude's a liar. That's <laughs> Do I have a dude's a liar? Dude's a liar. Did I write that? Yeah. Wait. Dude's a liar. Dude. Only I didn't put any... I put D-U-D I apostrophe E. Yeah. She I put dude a liar. Rachel's comment about, um, you know, at the end of this episode, they show him take <coughs> the statue, put it in a tree with a ton of other statues. I know. I don't think he's ever been clean. I don't think so either. Because no, he's too he's too calm. They've they've been there what, fifty days, fifty five days. Yeah, but okay. How many calm. statues do we have here? No, but lots. lots. If he was coming off of heroin, he'd be. There were three hundred you know, on the plane. And Eyes bulging like he was when Locke took it. Filled with heroin. Yeah, but don't you think that the whole when they took him and they took him and Claire together, I mean, he was really. They gave it to him so he'd shut up. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I just. I don't. I think that, like he said, he he had it because it made him feel. I don't know what the word was, safe or secure or something with all of it. And I think. I think that's just a. 
a thing for him, which I think is sad, but, but addicts are like that. Like, I think that he has to have it to know if he ever needs it, it'll be there. But I don't think he's had to use it yet. Because I think if he did, it would, there wouldn't be as many statues. Yeah, I think he really wants it, and he's having it there just in case, but he's... And maybe this whole breakup thing with Claire will make him... Maybe that's... Well, here's the funny thing, because go back, like, two or three episodes ago, and Claire tells Locke, listen, I don't know what his problem is, because I don't ever remember marrying the guy. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> they were never together. Yeah. yeah. Technically. Just... I know. Just... In his cracked out little mind. Yeah. Cracked out little mind. My goodness. Wow. We've come a long way from the biblical teaching of the beginning of this episode. I'm going to have somebody from the staff come over and listen to our podcast and they're like, dude, we're going to have to talk to you about your position. <laughs> Make sure you stop at the gift shop on the way <laughs> so, uh, that, that So, yes, an additional reason why we dislike Charlie and, and he's a liar. Okay, so anyway, last week we asked uh, the person, whoever it was that was listening to us from Hong Kong, because uh, we had one person from Hong Kong that we saw has been downloading each of the episodes, and so uh, Gillian from Hong Kong has uh, emailed us back, and uh, Rachel's going to read that, and uh, goes by Gilly. So, Rachel, why don't you go ahead and read that? It says, hey, I'm actually from Honkers, Hong Kong, and yeah, it's Chinese. And way back when, the British came and took over, so yes, English is a pretty prominent language in Hong Kong with those who only speak it. And those who haven't, or those who have it as a second language. Just thought I'd say that, and that the show is great. I like the giggling, makes the listening that much more fun. Also, I'm completely fine with having the faith and tech chaos downloading onto my iTunes. No offense, but I probably won't listen to them. Kelly. That's no problem. In fact, uh, Evil Gus emailed emailed me and told me that he's cool with me doing the the faith cast as well, but he probably won't listen. But that's okay, Evil Gus. I have no problem. (laughs) And I'm not giving him that name. His name wasn't Gus, and I'm just throwing evil on it. His screen screen name was Evil Gus, and I think he was was emailing me from Scotland. Uh, So, Evil Gus, hey, no problem. We'll... We'll make sure that when I when those download into your system, it'll just it'll say Faithcast and it'll have the date, and you just hit it and delete it, and I won't feel any bad. I won't feel bad about it. No big deal at all. Okay, sorry guys, this is Cliff again, uh, breaking into the uh, recorded episode of Generally Speaking. Uh, it's currently two fifty three a.m. in the morning. Saturday morning, and I've got to get this thing up and running for you guys by Saturday afternoon, as promised. Uh, I'm looking at the recording table. Uh, We originally recorded this episode. It was three hours we discussed this. It was about a good 45 minutes of it was pure laughter. Uh, But anyway, I'm already at uh, going on 54 and a half minutes and so uh, we got so much feedback. Uh, we're getting like 40 email comments a day. Uh, probably about so far we're getting we've gotten about about eight uh, listener feedback comments. And uh, unfortunately, we did well. Actually, fortunately, we did spend a lot of time talking about each and uh, every uh, relevant comment to this episode. And uh, unfortunately, the cutting room floor is right here. I'm editing this thing, and I don't want to make this thing go an hour and a half. 
Um, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take the uh, some of the audio comments that we got, and I'm going to place them after the closing theme. Uh, and uh, before I go, I do want to uh, just say, you know, thank you to uh, two very important people who helped us do something amazing. Uh, you may have noticed as you listen to this uh, episode of Generally Speaking that we didn't seem as prepared as you might think we would be after seeing a live, um, a live having a new episode to discuss. But here's the deal. Um, Matthew Bruder uh, from Chicago, uh, actually he's from Michigan, he's in Chicago, so that clears up the air from last week. I got an email that said he was from Chicago. Got the voicemail that says he was from Michigan. So anyway, uh, just want to let you know, Doctor Bruder or Matthew has uh, submitted some music to me. Laura sent some music from her and her husband Gene, uh, but um, Doctor Bruder sent some music over first, and I was just really blown away by how good it sounded. And so anyway, I I was really excited about uh, the music that he sent over, and then I uh, got a email comment uh, from with some audio comments from a guy in Canada. Uh, we'll call him Chris Gilmore. That's his radio stage name or whatever you call that. Anyway, he sent over some voice intros that just were, whoa, they just blew me out of the water. And so I didn't know what to do. I had these two things that, that came in first uh, from from uh, the guy in Canada and then from, from Matthew Bruder. And uh, I decided, you know, maybe I can get this to these guys to collaborate. Maybe I can get uh, Matthew to put the music together and then send that over to uh, Chris over in Canada, up in Canada, and and uh, have him voice over it. And so, as you heard at the opening of this episode, we have a new fabulous uh, intro into our th- intro theme into our podcast, which I think blows away any other intro out there practically. Uh, as far not just lost podcasts, I'm, I don't mean to like say we're all better than all of our family in the lost podcasting network. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about podcasts in general. I mean, I, I think it's right up there with Adam Curry's and and some of the other big guys. Uh, but anyway, and then uh, you guys are about ready to hear the finished and final product of our new exit theme. And so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and. Uh, play that, and then after the exit theme, I'm going to do just a real quick podcast update, and then after that, I will play a couple audio comments, and if I am not falling over dead asleep by the time I do that, then I will uh, maybe put some bloopers in. So here we go. Uh, Chris Gilmore and uh, Matthew Bruder, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for all the hard work you guys did in giving us that introduction we heard earlier and this very awesome theme. So until next time, let's all get lost. You have been listening to Generally Speaking, a podcast production of ravenscraft.org. You can make our show even better with your feedback. Send us an email to podcast at ravenscraft.org. Better yet, call our listener comment line at area code 413-521-0958. After you hear this greeting... Thank you for calling. To leave a message, please press 1. Leave your comments and questions, and please start with your name and where you're calling from. On behalf of the Generally Speaking team, I'm Chris Gilmore. Thanks for listening.
Okay, this is the podcast update. Uh, I just, again, need to thank uh, Matthew Bruder and Chris Gilmore for all the time and the effort they put into working with me this past week on feverishly uh, working to get this done by tonight's deadline uh, on this new intro music theme and the exit theme that we just heard. Uh, again, I, I just can't, words can't express how thankful I am to have such a professional sounding uh, a theme for our show. So, uh, Matthew and Chris, you guys rock. Thank you so much. A uh, little bit about our stats real quick. Uh, last week's episode for January 7th has now down as, as of right now, which is uh, the 14th. Uh, last week's episode has just been downloaded by uh, more than 1,250 people in the past seven days. Uh, that means we've added about 200 to 250 new listeners this week. Uh, having Darcy sit on our on our show this week was nice. Uh, I don't know if I had edited this part out or not, but before recording this episode, he had never seen a single episode of Lost. Uh, he is off work all this week, and uh, as he was leaving our house, he said he was going to stop by Walmart to go pick up the uh, Season 1 DVDs. So uh, I I would expect that he'll probably be back uh, to uh, talk with us again soon. Uh, let's see here the show for the show notes for this episode uh, for January fourteenth should be up by Sunday. Uh, until they are, there are some pre-show notes up there available just to give you an idea of the things that we were looking at uh, while we were recording the show. It's got some screen captures up there. Make sure that you do check out. Uh, one specific screen capture when you come to the show notes. And it is a screen capture that I did of the nanobots. And uh, it's actually proof that they are nanobots. And it's the uh, the smoky monster security system. And I, I have over top of that put a cutout per, uh, portion of the cover to Michael Crichton's book, The Prey. And if you look at it, it fits perfect. It's like a puzzle piece that goes right in there. And the the producers of the show on the official podcast said that once you get a look at this monster, it will it will definitely prove some of the theories out there as to what this monster is or what this security system is. And and I think that my screen capture will definitely set straight for the record that they are nanobots. So check that out on uh, ravenscraft.org. And uh, finally, I just want to thank those of you who have donated to our podcast. We've received uh, two $5 donations uh, via the PayPal donate button on our site. And uh, I just want to let you know every single download, or I'm sorry, every single donation uh, that you guys provide helps us to cover the cost of bandwidth and also uh, eventually will help us to get where we can put a personal greeting on our listener comment line uh, by paying for the full service rather than just the free service. Uh, and any other money that comes in, it's going to go towards uh, equipment to bring in some additional features that we're thinking about our podcast. One of the things that I would like to invite you to do right now, if you're still listening this late into the show, is if you use Skype, and you're a pretty technical savvy person and you've got a good sounding voice kind of like Dr. Bruder and and Dane from uh, Milwaukee uh, 
if you guys use Skype uh, or anybody else out there, send an email to podcast at ravenscraft.org and put in the subject line, I use Skype. And then if you wouldn't mind putting your screen name uh, for Skype in the uh, in the little uh, in the in the body of the email, and tell me that. And then also, if you could uh, call the do that and call the listener feedback line and just tell us why you think you should be a guest host on our show as we tape live on Thursday nights. And uh, I'll give you more details on that uh, as as we uh, continue to work out the details how we'll work that out. Uh, but it, we're very excited uh, here at Generally Speaking. Uh, we are definitely working to bring you a top-notch, perfectly professional-sounding show each week. And so uh, your your constructive criticism and your feedback and your encouragement means so much to us. Uh, we just thank you for listening, and please do remember to tell others about our show. Hi Cliff, hi Stephanie, hi Rachel, and also hi to all the kids. Uh, it's Tim from Oxford here again. Uh, I actually live in a small town called Carterton, about 10 miles west of Oxford, so you have a better idea of where I am. Um, after some nice encouraging words from Cliff, I thought I'd call again with a theory that I've been thinking about for some time, uh, namely that I believe Locke is possibly a little on the disturbed side, or as uh, us English would say, not quite all the ticket. Um, there's a few episodes where it became very obvious, but one that his, uh, his mother has a history of schizophrenia. Um, also, his apparent unwillingness to let go of his father, even after what he did to him, a little obsessive. Um, and also the fact that he was in a wheelchair for a period of time. And this particular point could be completely psychosomatic. And he made this up for tension or as a way to release tension or anxiety. Uh, there's a few other little things that aren't completely obvious. Uh, one that his girlfriend, Helen, could be completely fictitious uh, in the same way that Tyler Durden was in Pride Club. It was a, it's a bit of a long stretch, that one, but in that movie, Tyler was created as a way to do things that the main character thought he could never do. And Locke is doing things that, uh, with, with Helen, that he thought he could never do. And finally, in Claire's dream, Locke is shown with his eyes coloured strangely. One is black and one is white, which could point to a sign that he has two sides to his character or his personality. One last point, the show also has Hurley in an asylum where he first hears the numbers from another patient. So there's some more history of psychos in the show. Um, anyway, I'll leave you with those thoughts. Hope you're all well. Namaste and good luck. Hey guys, uh, this is Dean calling from Milwaukee. Um, thank you for uh, the props you gave me. Um, I have a grand theory for you, and I've actually been working on this one for a while. And I guess my theory is this. They are not... Uh, the island is not where we think it is. I believe that the island is actually in the Indian Ocean. A few reasons is that when the plane initially took off from Australia, uh, it never got dark. And from past experience, I actually flew to Australia this past September. Um, when you fly east, it gets dark really quick. And six hours into that flight, it should have been dark, but it was light. So my theory is that with the, with the magnetic problems that are occurring on the island, uh, maybe there was an issue with uh, the magnetic poles shifting. I know that theory has been explored a little bit, that they were actually going in the wrong direction entirely, and they actually crash-landed in an island somewhere 
in the Indian Ocean area closer towards Africa, thus making it theoretically possible that the beach craft might have actually ended up at that island uh, from Africa. Plus, from the information from the Hanzo Foundation about um, the problems in the Zanzibar facility, that would be my theory. Anyways, guys, you have a great and positive week. Uh, looking forward to hearing your next podcast. I'm calling you before the next episode, but I'm all geeked up and ready to go. You have a great one. Talk to you later. Bye. Hello, this is Spencer from Lakewood, California. I just thought I'd mention something about uh, a nanobot. I had heard it as an earlier theory uh, really early on in the show. But now I'm kind of thinking it may be a little more viable since that cloud looked, looked a lot like something I had read in a Michael Crichton book called Prey, um, when these nanobots could take forms of humans and all this other different kind of stuff, so it could explain some of the weird stuff going on. Um, and I also saw images. Um, I think I saw... Uh, Three crosses on a hill, which could be Golgotha. So, a lot of weird stuff that I mentioned to you guys. I love the podcast. Bye. Hi, this is Norma from Florida. I was just calling to say I really enjoy your podcast. I actually just started listening to it. I heard your promo on the transmission and I clicked over to check it out and I'm really enjoying it. I like how you have your own theories and kind of show the support the facts that fit into it. I also want to say I really loved the episode last night. I thought that was one of the best ones yet. I really liked how we got a true glimpse of the monster. And I also have a question for you guys. Um, I noticed something that's kind of bothering me. In season one, Hurley discovers that Ethan wasn't on the plane by looking at the manifest and matching the names of the people on the beach to the names on the manifest. So if Hurley had the manifest and he knew that there were only so many survivors, why weren't the tailies names on the manifest? And how did he know to check them off? Did he know that the plane ended at a certain seat number or something? That's been bothering me, and I wondered if you had any thoughts. Keep up the good work. Bye. Hi, Cliff. Hi, Stephanie and Rachel. Um, this is Laura, and I want to call to say hi, to tell you how much I enjoy your podcast every week. I I am really glad that you jumped on board the podcast wagon. I, I really like your show. I'm calling about last night of how many times I was caught off guard, and I tried um, leaving uh, a voice message for you about this uh, several times, and there's so many things that I can't uh, get them all in, I keep being caught um, you know, that bell saying, time's up. So I just wanted to say uh, about one thing. Um, to keep the time limit um, proper is that I was so caught off guard with that view of the monster. I had thought that we were going to be getting this one glimpse of a monster, and we got all this vision. Which to me, like if you're playing clouds in the sky, looks like an airplane. Um, which maybe was like A-15 washing over the sins of, of the passengers, or at least the passengers 
on the island because, my goodness, how many of them were, were have killed? How many of them have been so committed such violent crimes? It is just really amazing. Hey, Chris, Stephanie, and Rachel. Uh, this is David from neighboring Virginia, and I was just calling, as you instructed, to give my thoughts on the last Lost episode. I heard about your show through the transmission. Um, I've watched Lost from day one, and uh, here's what I think. Uh, first of all, watching um, uh, Revelation, the hour before the show, I noticed something I didn't notice before, and I don't know if anyone else has pointed this out or not, but uh, the first time you see Desmond at the computer putting in the code, he's actually typing all over the keyboard and not at the numbers which are on the top line. And I don't know if this is just something to throw people off, to not let people know he's uh, putting in the numbers, uh, since we don't know that yet, or um, if there's actually something to it. But I thought that was kind of interesting. And then uh, moving on into the actual show, um, I really love this episode. Um, uh, I really, really like Echo, and I think he's developing really well as a character. Uh, Charlie was pretty annoying, but I think that's his character also, so it was played up pretty good. Um, I really, really liked the ending of the show. Um, I love it when they end it with the music like they did, um, and uh, also the 23rd song was a good touch there. Um, I really liked Echo's backstory. I thought it was really, it was just really well done. Um, then going into theories, um, I'm at home from school right now, so I was watching this episode with my dad. And we were talking about the um, the nanobot theory with the monster because we got a really great look at the monster this time, and I love that. Um, we, we were talking about the prey theory. Um, I've heard that going around in several different places, uh, referencing, referencing it to uh, Michael Crichton's prey book about nanobots and uh, uh, it, uh, destroying people, uh, killing people. And uh, I think this really, like, this really backed up my theory on that. I really think that, that the monster is actually nanobots. Something else interesting that we started talking about, it's been a while since I've read the book Prey, but uh, he reminded me that... Uh, what actually destroys the nanobots or helps destroy the nanobots in the end is um, a giant magnet um, that disperses them. And uh, that made me think that maybe putting in the numbers in the computer uh, protects the nanobots from unleashing the magnet that's uh, behind the, the big con concrete wall. And uh, so maybe the nanobots, uh, I don't know if they're intelligent or not, but uh, they could have, they have the number put in to uh, protect the nanobots. And also keep the people in quarantine in the hatches to uh, protect them from the uh, from the nanobots, and uh, the others could be hiding from them as well. I don't know how that works, in, but I'm really, really thinking that the uh, the uh, monster is nanobots at this point. And uh, that's about all I have for you guys. Uh, keep up the good work. I love the podcast, and I can't wait to hear what you do. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Welcome. Is All that right. it? What? That's it? The no. sound I just heard? What? That welcome? No. Yeah. I was like, Mom, that's pro. That oh, that's why this makes... My notes make no sense because they're it's Gracie's mom's comment. <laughs> welcome to the weekly Lost edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Rachel, and Cliff. Hello and welcome to Generally Speaking. Uh, this is our January 14th edition 
uh, dealing with the episode of Lost, uh, Season 2, Episode 10, The 23rd Psalm. I'm Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie. I'm Rachel. Oh, is that bad? We just didn't do it the way you wanted us to. <laughs> oh, my God. We go through this every week. <laughs> I was just trying she to... messed me up because she only said Stephanie. <laughs> you gotta say... Which I did on purpose. <laughs> okay. You're Stephanie Ravenscraft, by the way. I'm his wife. And hello. I'm the wife. Okay, you don't, you're not, you're the next door okay, neighbor. Can I just be me? Why do I have to be the next door neighbor? I, I asked you him last the... week. I said, can't we just call her our friend? <laughs> Dude, you're so the neighbor. I, I'm the neighbor. You are the neighbor. neighbor. Go ahead. Rachel, the neighbor. Okay. <laughs> welcome to the weekly Lost edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast. Please welcome your hosts. <laughs> Have you seen that commercial? For, is it for Nick? <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, guy, the three guys are in the office and the one has the boombox. Oh, God. That is the most awesome <laughs> the commercial. commercial. <laughs> it like shakes. I'm like, oh, James, what is that? It was great. Oh, All right. Great. Anyway. Take four. Cliff. Hello and welcome to Generally Speaking. This is our January 14th edition of Generally Speaking, and I just said Generally Speaking like three times. (laughs) Welcome to Generally Speaking. This is our January 14th edition of... (laughs) Hello and welcome to the 14th... We've been doing this a while. Hello and welcome to the 14th edition... (laughs) It's going to be a late night.